Greetings, I am Jim. And I am Sean, and we welcome you to our podcast. Our goal is to entertain you with our discussions about RPG, fantasy, and everything in between. Come sit by the fire. You're safe here. We'll keep watch. We hope you enjoy 13-Sided Die. Level 3, Episode 21, Dungeons and & Dragons and AI. Come hear how the robot overlords are plotting to take us over. And, regardless of that, we still love to use AI as a tool in our D&D prep. Hear Sean admit he is an android. And listen to Jim drop the first F-bomb on the podcast. All this and more in our latest episode of 13-Sided Die. Well, hey, everybody. We are back. It's been a long time. Um, Boy, we haven't recorded. I'm going to say properly recorded a show in a couple of months, I think, because the last one about ArtCon was kind of recorded at the show, so that wasn't this kind of format, was it? No. Yeah, I'm glad uh, the robot overlords finally forced us to get back down (laughs) to the wizard tower and... Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's so funny. And uh, before we get started on any of this and the today's topic, I've said is Dungeons and Dragons and AI. um, I want to talk about the graphic that's going to be on uh, Instagram and whatnot. Jim, can you talk a little bit about the the graphic? Uh, Yeah, it's my buddy, Jesse. He uh, I got him. He messes around mid journey or whatever. And he uh, I told him just put in like two wizards and a wizard tower with magic and books doing a podcast and yeah it came out awesome yeah it's sick if any of you guys have seen it it's it's amazing it's so cool and we're going to talk more about all that stuff uh coming up um i guess really um the big question though is uh you know the whole idea of ai you know is it good or bad or does it even matter now that skynet is inevitable at this point um jim your, your thoughts is it good bad or does it even matter now well i think there's pros and cons for sure good it's both yeah like yet yeah. advantages time saving yeah for dungeon masters right so you can use chat gpt to quickly write up a whatever you want right if you it's want amazing a, like you yeah. can make it make a tavern or a setting or a, a entire world like a idea for it or if you need pictures for dm same thing like mid journey just type it in I think the big thing to remember is that it's not meant to replace us. Rather, it's here to help us. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, it will replace us. Like we said, the yeah. whole Skynet and, you know, <laughs> yeah, once, there's that, once there's that singularity point and all of them get smart enough to realize that they're smarter than us, we're screwed. Um, I have a, a little comment here from uh, one of the Instagram followers uh, at Re- Rewilding1998 said, I know I'm actually looking forward to Terminator plot actually becoming reality. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of scary to say that. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's really an interesting thing. Um, I think I said this before when, uh, you know, in medieval times when they came out with the uh, crossbow, everybody of that time said, that's it. That's the weapon that will end the world mm-hmm. because the crossbow was so advanced and the idea that you could hold this thing and it could shoot so far and had so much devastating power and et cetera, et cetera. They were just literally blown away by that technology. Um, so we have to think of it in that sense where anything new tends to make us you know, kind of think, oh, this is crazy. This is too much. Um, and then when you look back on it years later, it's not as big as it felt like at the time. Yeah, um, I, I believe that they've surpassed the crossbow technology, have they not? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it's silly. Like, th- this is about, this is a big thing. And I think that's the thing to really recognize that it is a big thing. And, and it is no matter what anyone does, it's going to it's gonna mark everybody's lives. And I'm not just talking about AI with Dungeons and Dragons, just AI in general. Like, it's going to touch everything. Um, You know, uh, my brother is a programmer and uh, there's a lot of programmers that are very scared about it because it's going to replace a lot of programmers. Now, it won't replace all the programmers because there's still going to be the need for people to tell it what to do and to figure stuff out. And anybody who's smart right now should be uh, just getting used to the different AI systems and uh, tools out there because those are the Mm -hmm. things you're going to need to kind of move forward in in all industries. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's interesting. We talked a little bit about um, some AI stuff before, I think, in one of our chats, and we kind of mm-hmm. talked about a couple of these things. And like we're saying, I think it's good just to be aware of it, um, not to be scared of it. 
Um, first thing I, I want to say to everybody who's listening, um, I I honestly feel in regards to Dungeons and Dragons that it is a huge tool, right? That you that you can use. Don't have to use, but you can use, especially if you are like Jim and myself, uh, homebrew people. It's fantastic for that, and not to be scared of it. That the the tools that you use are so um, easy to use and robust and uh, well thought out that it's not a scary thing. You're not like having to type in code or to you know to do weird stuff. It's very very simple to use something i did stumble across um i don't know if you're familiar with this with jim but it's uh, i've got it kind of listed as a resource microsoft under their bing world and i'm not a bing user at all i think there's only about five people in the world that use bing um <laughs> but they do have a thing called bing chat and it's kind of a little window that appears on the side of your um uh, of your browser your uh What's the Bing browser? It's called um, Edge. Yeah, Microsoft Edge uh, appears kind of like as a window on the side. And you can just chat with an AI uh, bot and you can ask it questions. So it's a great way to find stuff. Um, it's, it's basically like a search engine, but it's actually an interactive type of search engine. I've used that for a few things to try and locate stuff and then gone on to look up the stuff directly from there. So Bing chat, that's a great uh, AI tool if you guys want to use for looking for resources and stuff. But I've kind of thought of this in uh, two things, and, and there might be more that you want to look at, Jim, but I've thought of kind of we can talk maybe about drawing tools and then writing tools because I kind of see yeah, that's kind of the two main areas for the AI stuff. And uh, you had mentioned already that uh, your friend Jesse um, did some work in uh, mid-journey. And uh, I think drawing tools are they're just great for creating images uh, to show your, your players in game like either a, a landscape or a weapon or an NPC or a monster like if you want to you know I, I do that all the time I've been doing that for years in my uh, in my game when we're playing together I have like a my dun dungeon master screen has a drawbridge on the front of it. it looks like a castle and on the drawbridge I sit down a iPad and I stream images to that iPad so the players can see things that I'm talking about uh, if we're playing on discord I share my screen and I show images up on there and those images may be of landscape or an environment they're going into or whatever, but I spend a ridiculous amount of time looking for images online that I feel match what I'm trying to express. And a lot of times it's not really what I want, but it's close enough. Mm -hmm. Players are all goofs because they all like they look at the image and then they like they're tearing it apart to the <laughs> smallest detail. It's like no, don't. It's supposed to give you an impression, not an exact mm -hmm. you know thing. And that's where using something like Midjourney can really help you create that image that you're looking for um and again it's not difficult i think my the only thing i would comment on mid-journey for me like it's it's amazing i think it's about the best one out there is that you only get so many free kind of images that to, to, to kind of to work out and then you go into a subscription model where you're actually having to pay so that that'd be my only thing on that that if you have to use it i feel enough to 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 warrant paying for it uh your thoughts yeah. Uh, so a couple things. So that's a uh, Jess Shield 3D on Instagram. He's an awesome guy. Um, he made me that Raceland, that 3D printed Raceland coming out of the book. Well, he didn't make it for me. I right. was just I was just obsessed with it. So he just sent it to me as a present. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> so you could tell how much I loved it. Yeah. Um, that and AI in the real world. So for those that don't know, I work at a sawmill. Mm-hmm. And ever since I've started there 15 years ago, they're always trying to replace us with robots. That This is nothing <laughs> new to me. Every year, the big bosses get big bonuses if they can eliminate a person and just put a machine there because then all their pension and all that stuff, mm -hmm. you know, they, they save all that money. So it's nothing new to me. So, I, you know, every they're always trying to replace everyone with robots. <laughs> Well, what people don't realize, Jim, is I've been replaced already. You've been talking to an Android for years. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, for the mid journey thing, I think yeah. it's important to say that it's not to replace artists. No, it's it's to use stuff that you wouldn't hire an artist for anyways. Like, I'm not going to pay an artist to quickly whip up an NPC drawing for me, you know? Yeah. So that like kind of stuff like that, I think it's important to still use artists for yeah. commission work for your big stuff, your uh, party paint, like the totally your 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 D and D party or your character if you want to get them painted up or yep whatever right yeah that's a very good point and and I think um you know the, the one area about some of these AI things that bothers me a little bit as an artist is that it draws upon a large swath of existing art out in the world 
to create images from styles, themes, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff, which a lot of it has been generated by artists. So I can understand why artists feel a little bit like they're being ripped off, like their style yeah. is being taken. That I don't agree with. And I kind of have a, an issue with that part of my head. But I completely agree with you, Jim. Like, you know, I'm not going to pay someone to go and do a, a really nice painting of what a bad guy might look like or an NPC or what this piece of train might look like. Mm hmm. I'm just going to go and look for it. And in that sense, I'm going to rip it off of somebody that's already created it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. I just want to generate an image to show somebody something. I'm not selling it. And I think that becomes the big difference. If you start doing stuff with AI and creating images and stuff and start selling it, mm -hmm. then I think you start getting into a bit of a weird space where you're kind of taking potentially jobs away from artists because that's what they do. Um, but for our little world here, D&D &D, to show your players around a table what something looks like, I think it's amazing. Um, I did come across another one. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm by no means endorsed by Microsoft, and I'm not a Bing person at all. We already stated that. But I did find that Microsoft did create something called the Bing Image Creator, and it's not as good as MidJourney, but it is free, and you can generate images. And uh, when Jim did, uh, his buddy did the really cool one for our uh, Instagram one, I thought, well, why don't I pop that into Bing and see what I come up with? So I asked it to do like two wizards in a medieval castle, blah, 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 to having a podcast. And it created some really funny ones. The one I sent you, I thought actually looked quite hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I said, not quite as good. But again, a lot of that comes down to prompts. And that's how a lot of the things work, guys. When you're working with these tools, you're typing in what you want it to do. So you have to be very very specific and you have to write a bunch of stuff down for what you want that you know tool to create and that becomes the real trick is to writing these prompts in there um with the bing one it has things called boosts and i think it gives you 100 boosts a day and the boosts just help it render quicker if you run out of your boosts you can buy more or you can just wait and it takes a little bit longer for it to render out the image but it still is free so if you don't want to pay to use midjourney you can try and use bing image creator and do it for free right there so a great way for creating images uh, for the game i think it's a really really worthwhile oh cool yeah and with those images too like it's a create creativity boost right yeah like sometimes you'll see something that you wouldn't even have thought of like uh i don't know if you noticed but in one of those pictures i sent you of the for yeah. the um podcast ad or whatever there's like a creepy doll in front of the table <laughs> you know what i mean and like that just, yeah. i just saw that and i was like that's so cool i'm like yeah of course that'd be in a wizard tower some like you know living doll that they brought to life or something like yeah just all that stuff it just gets my gears turning that's a great comment jim like people could use it just literally you could throw a bunch of ideas at it see what it comes back to you with and use that as your bigger inspiration for what you mm -hmm. want to do like it's a great inspiration tool um do you have anything more to talk about in regards to uh image creation tools drawing tools or mm, not really I think, no i think i think the big thing i said is it's great if you want to try and create landscape a weapon an npc a monster or something it's great for that uh, i completely agree with jim if you want to do something of like your main characters hire an artist if you want to do a party you know collection of all your players hire an artist um but these tools are great for those kind of quick uh images yeah um so then the next section and i know i have i have quite a bit down for this because i think this is it's in honesty that as good as the images can look like and can do i think it's actually the writing tools that you can use a lot of the ai stuff for which is oh, really wild it's amazing right um i'm really only going to talk about um chat gpt uh, i didn't really get in there are lots of other uh, ai writing tools out there and i started to look at a few of them but um chat gpt is just such the the, the big one right now and just seems to work mm -hmm. so well um you do need to create an account that's not a big deal very simple to do and then once you have the account you can use it for just about anything and uh, i have a comment here uh this is from john uh, the noel who crafts on instagram and um he said thoughts on ai as far as an idea bouncer i am for it what was really crazy was when I asked ChatGPT for a stat block for XYZ, and it pumped out some, out in theme. Just a few tweaks helped me make it dangerous and perfect. And I think that's it's. I think that is one of the greatest places. Like, I don't think you want to generate your character that way. Like, that's a very personal thing. Maybe you do. I don't know. But for a DM for generating NPCs. Oh, I mean, it's something that I do all the time, and I've got a few that I found online that are random NPC generators. They don't, they work so so, and they're kind of, they're a bit clunky. This is just crazy because, again, it's just a few of the prompts. So if you were to go in and type in, you know, create me a filled out D and D character sheet for a third level halfling fighter with strength as the main stat, it's yeah. just gonna like boom, it's there. 
Um, it won't be in a nice stylized character sheet. It can't really do that. Um, but you can go and then just transfer it into it and print it out and boom, you've got it. And I think that is so huge, right? Yeah. And it's like adaptive, right? Yeah. So like you can be like, oh, that's good, but can we make it more like piratey? Right. Do it. Right. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. I yeah. I got a couple comments there too. We uh, both put up the. We did some questions. Everyone had some questions. So um, this is a really good one from mm -hmm. uh, my good friend T Wiz, Dragon Killing on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. What can you bribe an AI DM with to get better loot or level up? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty smart <laughs> great question i don't know yeah that is pretty good hey i, I don't wow. know i don't know scary. what you can give it yeah yeah that is scary i hate to think what it would say yeah um, i'd hate to ask it I think for me, do you remember we talked before about, uh, I know you're a fan of that book. It's the, what, the lazy DMs, mm -hmm. lazy guide to DM or something, or dungeon master. The, I can't yeah, remember. The lazy DM. Lazy DM. Uh, I love that book and a lot of the things they have. I kind of see, you know, using an AI overlord as that lazy DM thing, only in the sense of just like helping you get things done quicker. Um, as we talked about before, I'm not a big magic guy in Dungeons and Dragons. I much prefer the uh, like the the fighter, the barbarian, you know, rogue, that kind of stuff. I've never been much of a magic user. So as a DM, I, I lack magic users in the bad guy categories as uh, you know as the, the the bad dudes. And because what tends to happen is it gets there, I'm like, oh god, I, I just I have to go generate all their spells too, uh, and it's just it's draining, right? Yeah. Um, so I think for um, coming up with spells wow i don't know if you tried that but i went through and i just said simply i just typed this in create the best spell list for a sixth level DD wizard that's what i typed in and boom like in, and you guys it comes back like in seconds right and uh, chat gpt said as a sixth level DD wizard you have access to some powerful spells that can greatly influence the course of a battle and provide utility outside of combat here's a well-rounded spell list for a sixth level wizard and it gave me, you know, from cantrips right through to, I can't remember what a sixth level wizard has up to fourth level spells, maybe just generated them all. And yeah. it was a pretty good list. And then at the bottom said, um, remember, this spell list is just a suggestion. And the best spell list for your wizard might vary depending on your preferred playstyle, your party's composition, and the challenges your DM throws your way. Nonetheless, these spells provide a great mix of offensive, defensive, utility, and crowd control to help you succeed in various situations. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, what more could you ask for? Right? Like, <laughs> and so yeah. if you were a DM, and you don't have a lot of time and, you know, you want to put your time you do have into certain areas. This is a great way to come in and say, you know, like the previous one, we talked about creating an NPC and then we'd had a halfling uh, fight or whatever. We'll just put in whatever you want for a wizard, brrr, create your wizard and then give me the spells for that wizard. Brrr, you got the spells. You're done. You just you move on. And like Jim said, you can tweak it, you know, this, this and this. And you can also change the spells if you want. But if you just wanted to do it quickly mm -hmm. and come up with something and the list was pretty good, like it was a pretty broad list of really good spells uh fireball was in there of course um you're good and what a great tool again for dms to go and put something like that together yeah and for dms too um not even just for like game prep for like during the game mm. so when your little shithead players are like oh i'm not gonna go to the castle we want to dig in right. this tunnel and see what happens you can just be like right can quickly make up a dungeon theme for a tunnel encounter blah 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 and they'll just put it out and just and you don't have to you know use everything in there but it'll give you an idea it'll spark some yeah. inspiration for you and then you don't have to just tell your players like hey wait 10 minutes i gotta make something up like no you're, you're so right jim uh that was one of my things on the list here was create a dungeon and so that's exactly it if your players go off sideways and you don't i mean we do it as a dm we create a lot of stuff on the fly and and you know you've done it long enough so you're probably pretty good at it but it is taxing and it can be it can almost take away from the game because you're spending so much of your time in the game processing to try and think of what's happening next for mm -hmm. your players. You don't have enough time to really interact with them. And that's where I don't want things to fall down. I love the interaction. So like Jim said, if you know, I type this into, you know, chat GPT, create a D and D dungeon with five rooms, dark, eerie, evil, dangerous, include traps and treasure. 
And this is what it punched back. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long, but welcome to the cursed crypt of Morgren. This D&D dungeon features five ominous rooms, each filled with darkness, eerie ambience, evil creatures, treacherous traps, and hidden treasures. Brave adventurers enter at your own peril. Room one, the Hall of Shadows. Description, the moment you step into this room, all sources of light are snuffed out, leaving you in complete darkness. The walls seem to close in and unsettling whispers echo around the chamber. Then it says, challenge, navigating through the darkness with light without light sources while avoiding tripwires and hidden pits. And it created another, you know, two, three, four or five rooms, uh, the Chamber of Malevolence, the Lair of Ghastly Apparitions, the Corridor of Lethal Traps, the Crypt of Morgren. Yeah. That's a whole game. Like, it's just like <laughs> in seconds. And it had listed all the things going on. It had listed all of the traps were it had listed. So like Jim said, if you're stuck and you need to do something quickly, boom. And you, you guys can see I didn't type in very much to get that. Like I typed in 10, 12 words. And in seconds, there was a whole little mini game popped up. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not saying this should be replacing us. I'm not saying you should do all of your games this way. But like Jim said, if the game you had planned goes sideways and you need to do something else, boom. If you had a bunch of friends that came and said, hey, I'd love to play D&D right now. And I've had that. And I'm like, I myself tend to be like, uh, you know, it takes a lot of time to plan. You got to put something together. Well, this, it doesn't. Like you could literally <laughs> say, yeah, let's do this then and just fire something in, create a little module. You don't have to tell people. You just put it up in your screen and just do it. Yeah. And you're off and running. And then now you have something there. You can spend the time playing with your players with the npcs you create and stuff that you do like it's crazy right yeah yeah and that's one of the disadvantages with ai right the loss of personal touch you need to be careful yeah be careful you're just not ripping it off but that's just like a personal thing right some people might just love it and just use exactly what it says i always like to put a little bit of a spin on it of my own but well somebody had asked this uh this is from uh, at dungeons classrooms he asked Interested in ways to make super quick descriptions of a setting for DM to read to players. Um, you know, as you know, Jim, I'm a graphics guy. I'm a dumb artist. I'm not a word person. And so I'll be honest, for me, writing out little tiny detailed scripts to read out to my players about what the room and the environment looks like. I think I do a pretty good job of it, but I struggle. Like it takes a lot. My sons are both writers. They would they flourish in that environment. I don't. I really struggle doing that. So, again, chat GPT. If for the you know for dungeons and classrooms this is what i would do I, I typed in write one paragraph four sentences detailed and interesting description of a fantasy forest dark moody hit enter and this is what i got in the heart of the mystical realm lay the enigmatic forest uh, Eldervale, a hauntingly beautiful expanse draped in the ethereal gloom. A dense canopy of ancient gnarled trees shrouded the forest floor in interplay of shadows and light. Moonbeams danced delicately through the twisted branches, casting eerie silhouettes upon the damp, moss-covered ground. Faint whispers echoed through the air, carried by a gentle breeze that seemed to carry the secrets of the forest itself. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty good. That's pretty I, good. I don't like that they use the word carried twice. I'm, I hate when you, words get used the same twice or whatever. But that's so great. You could literally tweak that a little bit. Uh -huh. And that's your intro. And then you can just go and start writing the rest and doing what the rest is. Because once you get that first bit done, it's easier, right? Oh, I'm the exact same. Like, I'm so terrible at description words. Oh, you guys are at the lake. It is dark. It's wet. <laughs> it's very wet. It is. The sand is mushy because it's wet and it smells yeah. like lake. Like, <laughs> I'm, I know, I'm so right? terrible at the description words like that. It's hard. It's really <laughs> hard. Fly. Yeah. Well, mm. this is perfect, right? And so, you know, the person that asked this, I would, I would definitely recommend using it for, if nothing else, just use it to beef up some of the descriptions of the places that you create in your world. Because yeah. uh, it does such a beautiful job with that. Like, it's so super talented, um, you know, and, and, and fast. Like, that's the thing to remember. Like, as quickly as you type that in, hit enter, it starts spitting the stuff back at you. And uh, like Jim said, and if you're not happy with that, you can change a couple of the key prompts that you're writing and tell it to do it again. Yeah. And you can look at previous iterations as well. Like it's done in, uh, you know, like iterations. That's what the word is. So you can go back and look at previous versions. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I got another comment mm -hmm. here from. Uh, OK, this was from uh, my good friend Shelby. Yeah, um, I got a question. Are we allowed to drop F-bombs on this podcast? I don't know if one's ever happened. That's it. I, I, dude, I, I put it down as, uh, you know, um, the, the show contains expletives. I, and then it's, you know, I always click that box. So, hell, knock yourself out, dude. Be the first one. All right. So this is a comment from my good friend, Shelby. <laughs> I think AI takes away some of the creativity and imagination that D&D &D demands. Also, fuck AI. 
<laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that is a correct statement. If you go in and say, and you can do this, you know, write me a, you know, a one shot game for Dungeons and Dragons that da da da, you know, and it generates a whole campaign for you, a whole game. Mm-hmm. To me, that would be that. That that would, yeah. Then you're kind of just taking a lot of the yeah. creativity away and just becoming, yeah. Because you're basically you're telling it just to create a module. Um, I think that is. But I think if you do it the way we're saying right now, where you can implement elements like create me an NPC, because I just really don't want to spend the half hour or 45 minutes going to take to create that sixth level wizard. I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. just create me a good six, because they're just going to kill it. Or it's going to run away or it's going to you know, disappear. <laughs> it's gonna, like, it's just, I need it for the game and just yeah. create that. So I don't want to spend the time doing it. Get me the guts and then I'll tweak anything I need with it. I'd rather spend the time thinking about what does that person sound like? What are their characteristics? What is their, you know, what's their thoughts? What's their motivations? Why are they going to, why are they in this encounter? Like, I want to be thinking about that. I don't want to think about generating this character. Yeah. And personally, I think there's something interesting about having it randomly generated as opposed to you, you know, fudging roles or playing with it. Just have it like have it done. Like, that's kind of kind of kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and if you're not a person like, you know, that is a really good writer, having some of those descriptions written for you, you still have to tell it what you want it, what it's about. A forest, you know, dark, like whatever. And you're putting that stuff in. So it's into the world that you're creating. It's just helping you write it. I don't think that's a bad thing either because, um, you know, some people are more talented in other areas. Um, you know, if you come to my table, you're going to have crazy terrain. That's my talent. I can build crazy terrain for you. So you're going to have that experience. Um, why not lean on other areas that I'm not as talented within, which is writing? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, definitely always bring your own creativity to it. Right? Imagination. Uh, have you tried to play D&D with ChatGPT yet? No. So it's kind of, it's fun, but it like, it, it kind of like DMs too. Like you'll be telling it stuff and it'll be like, yeah, and I go into the cave and then I see three vampires. And I, I was like, hey, hey, I didn't say anything about vampires. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? But on, like, if you're just like, you know, sitting at like a doctor's appointment or something, you just got like 20, 30 minutes to kill, you can just play D&D with ChatGPT. That's hilarious. Nailed it. Yeah. And it goes off. And then, of course, I was getting all these awesome ideas. Like, it was like this like cool like vampire slayer kind of thing was going on. I was like, oh, oh man, this neat. is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I, I think there's like an unlimited amount of things you can do with it. Like, I know I, I really tried um, in the last little while playing around with it to try and hit a lot of the basics. And that's a lot of the stuff we have today. But that, that's just brilliant. I love that. And, and you're right. The more you did do that, the more you're going to learn things and, you know, have stuff you'll want to do and say. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I was really interested to see if this would work, and I told it to um, create a D&D monster with associated stats CR4, and I was interested to see what it would spit back, and it came back with a Stormbringer Drake, which sounds sick already. Description, a Stormbringer Drake is a fearsome and agile dragon-like creature that roams the skies and unleashes the power of thunder and lightning upon its foes. With shimmering storm-colored scales and crackling energy dancing along its wings, this creature strikes fear into the hearts of adventurers who dare to face it. Oh, that's Uh, awesome. That's sick. AC 15, 80 hit points, speed 40 uh, foot, 80 foot fly, and it gave you all the stats, saving throws, attacks, and everything. And for me, the thing that I thought was really cool is it had strategy. The Stormbringer Drake excels in aerial combat, using its speed and maneuverability to stay out of reach with most melee attackers. It relies on hit-and-run tactics, swooping down and breathing lightly upon clustered enemies, then flying out of their reach before they can retaliate. When cornered, it resorts to using its thunderous slam to create distance and disrupt attackers. It's just told you how to use it. So, again, as a DM, and a lot of, you know, uh, monster manuals and that kind of stuff have those things, but this is great. If you want to we all have these people. I have um, a person in, um, you know, uh, my game. I'm not going to name them by name. Doctor Rules, who has read every book, knows everything and stuff, and they're a great player. They they really play well. Like we talked about that whole idea of mm-hmm. someone's in another room and you can't go and save them because, yeah. you know, we know they're in trouble, but the players don't know they're in trouble. He's very good at doing that kind of stuff. Player knowledge versus character knowledge. Exactly. He's very good at that. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't metagame. But I do know every time I put a monster down on the thing, his mind's going, listing all the things he knows about that monster. Even if he doesn't employ it, he knows it. So I love to put out 
custom monsters that no one's ever fought before because they don't know what it's going to do. This is a great place to do that. You can create custom creatures, monsters that you can throw down on your table and players are going to be like, what? What's a, what's a Stormbringer Drake? You know, and it's going to be like, you don't know. And how yeah. exciting is that to fight something you don't know what it does? Yeah, that's awesome. And then what I, I don't know if it has that on there, but I was thinking like people would have disadvantage if it's in the air and they're trying mm-hmm. to hit it because right? of, thun- of the thunder blasts. That's kind of when I was thinking that on that. Well, and that's the whole thing. You mean you you start you start Mm -hmm. this to generate it, and then you could tweak it and and add whatever you want to add to it, whatever you want to do. Um, It's I think it's a great tool to help you get the creative juices going. Yeah, right. Like that's that's it. And guys, it's just so simple to use. We're not advocating replacing what we do. We're not advocating have it generating whole modules for you. We're just talking about maybe making your world a little bit easier and faster. One of the biggest comments I hear DMs say is that how often do you see somebody on Instagram saying, okay, off to spend the night prepping for tomorrow's game. Like it's you, you hear this all the time from people where they're just having so much time they're having to prep. This can really, I'm hoping, help cut down on that prep time where you can put a couple of prompts in, generate some stuff and boom, it's just sped your night up so much faster and and players should get as much fun if not maybe more out of the game yeah it's pretty wild that like because that's what the whole like writers well a lot of that writer's strike is about right now isn't it yes it is worry about ai writing scripts writing scripts it's it's pretty wild if you were a writer like we're being worried that something would write a better script than you but i guess just because it'd be easier right It, it won't be better content it'll just be content yeah, you know, and, and it's like everything. I get it. There's anytime something comes along, it might replace jobs. That's a fearful thing. Um, something that I think is really funny uh, is that I had uh, somebody was saying that this is one of the first times that, you know, kind of more like uh, an advanced white collar type of world is being threatened by having their jobs replaced. It's always more, you know, people doing more menial tasks, more um, strength based, that kind of stuff. They're the mill workers. That, they're the ones that machines replace, right? Like that's what happens a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Usually, but things that are like using the mind, you know, thinking that kind of stuff is not usually replaceable. So all of a sudden, people who have been very much at the top of the food chain are now all of a sudden feel threatened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I know the actors also are talking about that because you can take, you know, you see the deep fakes, deep fake stuff. Um, musical artists, all you have to do is a couple of. Uh, sentence like or verses of somebody's song and it can generate a song in that person's voice like so you could tell you know chat gpt to write cool lyrics use somebody's voice to get them to sing it so you know it's just absolutely crazy right um that stuff i think is kind of obviously it's not cool because that again falls into that category of taking distinct stuff away from an artist Uh, so i can understand the concerns there and there probably needs to be some you know set of rules or laws put in place around that Oh, for sure. It was I, I was on chat GPT and I typed in uh, write it, write a song about trees in the style of Black Sabbath. And it was it was a sick song. It's like that. I was like, that would sound so cool. It's <laughs> like crazy, that's terrifying right? that they can do that. Right. Like if you were an artist or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. You know, and uh, so I think it is going to potentially cause a lot of turmoil and changes and deep questions from it. But again, based around what you know we're talking today in a smaller area not the global thing uh i think it's a great tool for your people mm-hmm. to use especially for dms um you know for players too if you want to generate some character background what a great place to throw your general ideas in and have it spit back a really cool character background like that's awesome that's a yeah. great use. um something that uh i thought was really interesting it does tie a little bit to the question that was asked um earlier about um you know writing that environment aid um i put this in for spicing up your homebrew and so again having that trying to sometimes it's hard to get something started um i wrote in write a DD introduction where new players meet in a tavern add some intrigue that's all i typed in and it came back with shadows of elendoria colon a tavern's whisper in the quaint village of Havenbrook, nestled amidst the towering ancient trees and serene rolling hills, a mysterious aura enshrouds a seemingly ordinary tavern called the Silver Goblet. As the sun begins to dip below the horizon, painting the sky with a tapestry of warm hues, fate weaves its intricate threads to bring together a group of adventurers, each 
with their secrets and desires. The rustic taverners dimly lit, its hearth crackling with the soothing warmth of burning logs. A mixture of laughter, hushed conversations, and sweet melody of a bard's lute fills the air, casting a tranquil spell over the patrons who find solace within these walls. But tonight, an air of anticipation grips the room, as if the very shadows themselves are whispering secrets to those who dare to listen. It went on to introduce the barkeep, Gideon, who tells the party, Darkness looms on the horizon, and rumors of ancient artifacts and forgotten, forgotten prophecies have resurfaced. Legends speak of an artifact known as the Shard of Eternity, said to grant unimaginable power to its wielder. Like, come on. You know, like, I would take me a year to write something that good. <laughs> Because, again, not my area of expertise. I could come up with those ideas, but to try and find all that really nice language to say that, I'd have a hard time. So, you know, again, like I said, my sons, they can write that stuff just because they can. They're good that way. So for them, it's probably not such a good thing. But for me, that's awesome. I would love to use snippets of that in my game to help add flourish to those areas. Because I know distinctly I have, you know, spent that evening prepping for a game and just been frustrated trying to write what I see in my head or what I want it to sound like for those little tiny snippets. They're almost like cutscenes, right? Like those little snippets where you're mm -hmm. talking about what's going on and what it looks like. This to me is a great tool for that. Yeah, all I have to say about that is, all right, everybody, that's the podcast for today. I got to go figure out what the Shard of Eternity is and what <laughs> we're doing. You, don't you want to go and play that? <laughs> yeah. That's exciting, right? Like, And that, that is, to me is like pretty much as good of a, a, a beginning of a game campaign as I've read. Like, that's awesome. That really, yeah. you know, and I chose the, 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 the most common thing. Like, it's mm -hmm. you meet in a tavern. Like, that's the oldest trope in the world. This made it sound good. I wanted yeah. to put in, like, the silliest thing about you meet a bunch of, you know, adventures in a tavern. And this did a great job with it. It really, and it went on. There was another, like, five paragraphs that it had. Like, And I just said, no, okay, I'm just going to put in the basics. It, yeah. it is amazing. So, again, that's if you can use it for that. I think that's that's the gold right there. You know, like uh, I think that's how you use this to just to help help flourish what you're doing, not replace it, but just to help build upon it. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk to that bard too. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, right? It had all those little tiny hooks in there for you, right? Just to want to grab you and make you ask questions, do things, interact with stuff. Like it, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm an old man at heart, and I usually really push back against technology. But I've been love. I've been really looking for a way to hate this, but it's I've been loving every <laughs> second of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll vouch for that. Jim is not the most technically equipped person, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I kind of think it's kind of. I, I wish I was more like that, to be honest. Um, but it, it it it's interesting to me how much you did latch onto this, like. You, you really got excited by it. And I think that's awesome. And it's it just kind of shows how, how simple it is to use. And that's not a criticism of you. It's just <laughs> how quickly we're throwing stuff out here so fast. I'm hoping people listening are getting that. Like, you can hear the prompts that I've been putting in there are not very big. They're just a couple of mm. words. You, you just want to be selective of what you're putting in there to try and get your thought across. And then just let it do its thing. And then all of a sudden, you know... From what we've done today, we've talked about like getting, you could ha easily have images of that room. Like we could have had, you know, gone on to the um, Bing image, uh, what, is, what the hell is it called? The Bing image creator or onto mid journey. And we could have put in some of those prompts based around that room that we just talked about in the uh, tavern. Uh, and we could generate an image of it. We could have created a uh, NPC for the bard and for the barkeep by using chat GPT and create up the whole, complete whole stats for them. Um, we could have got the spells for the bard. Uh, we could then have gone easily, I'm sure, put in there. I didn't do that, but create a treasure or created a magic item. We could have said, create for me, you know, this crazy shard of um, what the hell do they call it, Jim? The shard of, shard of eternity. How can you forget that? <laughs> I forget everything. I'm, I'm terrible. I, I create stuff and don't even remember what I've called it. Well, um, you didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I did it with my own. <laughs> I get my players, my players remember what I've called stuff better than I do. Um, but yeah, we could tell it to create the shard of eternity and put in some keywords as to what it should be. Um, you literally could go through and generate something really quickly. And like Jim said, if you had a bunch of friends came over and said, let's play a game and you don't have something prepped and ready to go, you could literally sit down and do this on the fly as you're playing and creating mm -hmm. this. And how amazing would that be to just be having fun? Because guys, at the end of the day, that's all about having fun, right? We always yeah. say that. 
And then, and then not even to create that, like you can even just use it, like we're saying as a tool, yep. just in case something goes sideways, right? You have yep. this plan, you have the idea of the, totally. you, gotta go, you gotta go to this castle and do this thing, but you know how players are and they're gonna, yep. they're gonna try to go somewhere else and you can quickly just kind of create a yep. little place for that, you know, on the fly. So. Well, so many times when you're doing something and you can only think so much, you can only plan out so much of this, you know, idea that you've kind of got. And, um, and I know we've talked so many times too about the idea of railroading or sandbox and stuff, but you know, with most good games, there's some semblance of direction, some semblance of that the players want to unravel something, right? They want to figure something out. So you have to have something planned, but I don't know how many times I've been in a situation with players when they are put into a, a weird, you know, environment and they got to try and figure something out how to get out or how to do something. Mm-hmm. And every time they do it's usually something i have never thought of or they pull something out their sack or whatever that they've had for a while that we've all forgotten about and um you know i think we were playing one one time somebody had this this hole that i'd given them where you put the hole it created another hole like 40 feet away type of thing yeah and so they put the hole and they did this and it led them to somewhere and i hadn't created what that somewhere was yeah and I never thought they would do that. And it was such a great way for getting out of that area. But then I had to put them somewhere. So in that, that as a DM can either be A, extremely scary, or B, exciting to think of, let's go somewhere we've not been. Let's go somewhere I've not even thought about. And because of the actions that they did, it created a thing and it became a whole part of the game that was just a crazy amount of fun that was not thought of. And if you are if you can't do it on the fly and are scared, that's where this comes in. Perfect. They've put the hole in the ground, they crawled through it, they popped out 40 feet. Where did they pop out? Punch something in the chat GPT, right? Mm-hmm. Create me a small, again, small dungeon, three room dungeon or something, and that's where they've gone into this dungeon and boom, that's where they can be. Like you don't have to be scared if you can't come up with it on the spot or if you need some help, you know, great. You know what it is, but you want to have a quick monster, a fun monster. Let's create a Stormbringer Drake or something. You know what I mean? Like it's that kind of thing that you can use just to help yourself out. Yeah. And also it kind of makes it more fun for the DM because then you don't know what's going to happen. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it kind of makes the DM more of a player now. I agree with that. That that was kind of what I was talking about when I was getting into create uh, monsters or NPCs. I like the idea that if I've asked it to create a sixth level wizard, like it's something new to me. Like I'm being introduced to this person, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? As opposed to me building it. Like it's kind of yeah. fun to have it. This person just turns up and this is this, it's almost like, you know, calling up, you know, and say, yeah, I need a six level, six level wizard. Could you send him down, please? You bump, you know, they send it down <laughs> from the temp agency and you're like, yeah, you'll do. And uh, you get to meet them and you find out what they're all about. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so, awesome. Um, I was going to say, so we're playing video games the other night and mm-hmm. me and my buddies, we have a thing where we've been messing around on chat GPT. It's just asking it, seeing how vulgar we can get with it and just asking <laughs> to telling it to make fart jokes and just, just stupid shit. <laughs> and it was really late. And I typed in, um, can you in the style of a fun fantasy story, convince three full grown men playing video games at one thirty AM that they should go to bed and get some sleep. And then it wrote this beautiful fairy tale story about it's just oh it was just awesome there was like a, a sleep fairy kind of thing or whatever we yeah. all we all turned off our xboxes after and went to sleep <laughs> it was such a beautiful story that after i was done reading it we're all like wow yeah we should go to sleep and it just it has you know telling us how important sleep is and that the battles will be there to fight tomorrow but we need our sleep so we can be heroic tomorrow we're like wow that's crazy <laughs> yeah like you know even even just for that if you're using it as like a sleep aid <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious well i hope everyone got a little bit out of this um again i just want to say don't be scared of it um and let's uh try and learn it understand it uh you should never be scared of something you don't know in life if there's something that's there and you're you're concerned about it, learn about it. Then you'll know if you should be scared or not. Um, do I think this has bigger implications? Most certainly. I, I think there the the implications of artificial intelligence um, of it becoming so smart and knowledgeable beyond our scope is very dangerous and scary. Hundred percent, I do. Yeah. Um, do I think there's going to be a lot of people lose jobs and everything with this? I think there's probably going to be a number of people that will lose jobs and a number of people will create new jobs on how to use this stuff. Um, but that's all, you know, in the probably not too distant future. But for right now, in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons and AI, I think this is an amazing tool. Lots of great uses of it that can speed up your life and make things hopefully better in your game. Agreed. Awesome. 
any final words or is that it? Um, I was just going to say this real quick. So of course for this, uh, prepping for the session, yeah. I went to chat GPT and I said, uh, can you tell me the advantages and disadvantages of using AI for Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> <laughs> Feeding on itself. I love it. Yeah. I was like, what an awesome thing to do to keep with the theme of the episode. I was like, why would I do my own homework if I can just get AI to do my homework about AI? <laughs> How was it? Uh, no, I won't read all the like paragraphs and stuff, but the advantages, it said time saving, mm -hmm. creativity boost, uh, balancing assistance, world building support, adaptive storytelling, rules and mechanics help. And then disadvantages, it said lost personal touch, unpredictability, learning curve, dependency on technology, ethical considerations, uh, investment, and potential player reaction. Dude, I love that you held a mirror up to the AI. I think that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, hey, it, I think it listed more disadvantages than advantages. That's interesting. That, that says yeah. something right there, doesn't it? So it wasn't, you know, playing favorites. That's cool. That's very cool. Good for I you. Just, I just thought that's pretty funny. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, there you go, guys. I, I don't think you can get any better than that. Uh, hopefully uh, you guys learned something today and uh, you guys can try it out yourselves. And if you do, let us know. We'd love to hear uh, how you might use AI in your games, in your prep, in your characters, whatever. It'd be, it'd be fun to hear those things. And uh, you can certainly get in touch with us. And uh, we're available on Instagram and also via email, right, Jim? Yeah, at uh, crystalball at 13sidedie.com. There you go. We don't get very many emails. We haven't had one, I think, in over a month now, but that's okay. We, we uh, yeah. you know, it, 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 something that is going on right now uh, that I always have to remind myself is it's summertime. It's so hard to mm -hmm. do things in the summer, and we were chatting about that earlier, and uh, it just is tough, and uh, people are busy. And like Jim has said so often in Canada, we have a short summer, and you got to enjoy it. So hopefully yeah. three people listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah but yeah we uh we appreciate all the dms and stuff on instagram and all that stuff so yeah and uh yeah shelby i'll have to get you a 13 side die sticker for uh having the first f-bomb on here that's pretty exciting <laughs> congratulations there it's you huge. go we just got kicked off of the podcast awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we'll be back in a couple minutes <laughs> homebrew building all right guys we are back and uh jim has an exciting second segment for us today uh why don't you kind of introduce a little bit what we're going to be doing jim i will use chat gpt to make a unique specific fancy saying maybe a tavern what do you think i think it's a great idea yeah so it'll be kind of like our homebrew episode when we made that island yeah Except yeah we'll probably do this in 10 minutes and it'll probably be way better <laughs> yikes <laughs> um all right name name three things that make you happy when they're in your fantasy games like wands treasure chests, castles like just whatever what do you like seeing in your fantasy games um i'm gonna say animals okay yeah um treasure yeah that's yeah treasure treasure yeah love it um what's another good one to one put more in? can we put interesting people definitely okay that'll be a good one what's your favorite fantasy race mm, that's a good question i think i'm gonna have to go with elf that's the wrong answer but we'll go with oops. it oops <laughs> you would be dwarf wouldn't it yeah i think yeah. so yeah dwarf or orc i mean they're both yeah orc i should have known that one <laughs> <laughs> uh what's your favorite food uh oh um stew stew yeah yeah and that's not even, I just, I just love stew. <laughs> um, your favorite D and D monster. Mm, I do like the boule a lot. <laughs> that's a fun one. Um, yeah, let's use it. Uh, how do you spell that? One? You know, like B U L E T T E or something. Uh, B U L E T T E. Wow. I think I spelled it right. Yeah, you did. Perfect. All right, and lastly, let's uh, something you've always wanted to put in your D and D game, but haven't had the chance to yet. Okay, and use time travel because I know you screw around with that all the time. All the games. time, <laughs> so bad. Um, oh, that's a that's a tough question. Played so many games, so did so many things. What would be something that maybe I haven't done? You know, I don't think I've ever done like an underwater world or something. 
under water. Yeah, I don't, you know, I we have dabbled with like you know, obviously water and swimming and stuff, but I don't think I've ever done like an underwater adventure. Have you? Uh a little bit. A little bit, yeah. 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 It's I think terrifying. Know, we were in is. a we were in a submarine made by gnomes, Whoa. and we picked it because it was like way way faster than the ships. But it was so sketchy, and we were like we were literally like holding our breath the entire time. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know watching some of the Critical Role stuff, they've done some really cool underwater adventures where they're doing like crazy big feats underwater and stuff. It's been kind of cool, but I don't think I've ever really dabbled with a full underwater thing. So let's say that that'd be fun. Perfect. All right, if you want to use some of your movie magic here and give me a moment and I'll type this up in chat GPT. All right, let's go for it. While Jim types that all in, we'll take a quick fantasy factoid. Fantasy factoid. All right, today's fantasy factoid is brought to you by chat GPT. I asked it to come up with a fantasy factoid. <laughs> The term fantasy was originally used to describe imaginative literature that involved elements outside the realm of reality. It was popularized during the 18th century by authors like Voltaire and became a distinct genre as we know it today. That is awesome. <laughs> All right, guys, we're back. Jim has everything typed in and we're ready to go. Uh, do you want to kick it off, Jim? Sure. All right. So it called it the Sea Watch Tavern, an underwater haven. Description The Sea Watch Tavern is a hidden gem nestled deep within the vast underwater cave, accessible through a winding network of ancient coral reefs and underwater tunnels. Only those who know the secret entrance can find the way to this enchanting and mysterious watering hole. Once inside, adventurers are greeted by a breathtaking scene as the interior is adored by bioluminescent plants, glowing crystals, and schools are memorizing, memorizing sea creatures swimming gracefully overhead. The warm glow from the luminescence creates an inviting and magical atmosphere. Like just that right there. That's great. Like, so you're picturing this like tiny little, you know, hidden hole, and then you can see maybe a little bit of glowing light out of it. Maybe that's yeah. how the players find it. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Uh, giant seahorses with colorful fins swim gracefully through the tavern, acting as friendly mounts for patrons who wish to explore the nearby underwater wonders. Playful dolphins perform um, acrobatic displays, delighting the guests with their charm and intelligence. Trained manta rays act as living trays carrying drinks and meals to the tables with ease. <laughs> Sick. Dude! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Like, what player wouldn't, like, screwing around with frickin' manta rays that bring them That's their drinks? Crazy, right? Wow. Oh. That, and, hey, man, you asked for animals. I did. So there's That's lots of awesome. them in here. That's awesome. Uh, what do we got here? So, the Sea Watch Tavern is renowned for its impressive collection of recovered treasures from sunken ships and forgotten ruins. Dazzling pearls, shimmering gemstones, and ancient artifacts line the walls, offering a breathtaking sight to behold. Some of these treasures are also used as currency in the tavern, making it a unique and alluring place for treasure hunters and collectors. That's awesome. I didn't, I didn't even think treasures from sunken ships. Yeah, that's great, right? Like, of course. They'd be Recovery. loaded with treasure. Yeah. That's so great. Uh, interesting people. The tavern is a hub for all sorts of fascinating individuals, from grizzled sea captains with tales of daring voyages to scholars and sages seeking the secrets of the deep. Adventurers of all races and backgrounds gather here, sharing stories and forming unlikely alliances. The wise and enigmatic water-dwelling elves known as Aquarions can also be found within the tavern, offering their, their wisdom and mystical services to those in need. Awesome. That's great. Isn't that great? That's so great. <laughs> sea captains. <laughs> wow. All right. So the elves, the Aquarions... A yep. sub-race of elves adapted to uh, underwater life are an integral part of the Sea Watch Tavern. With their webbed fingers and glistening scales, they possess an innate understanding of the sea's magic and mysteries. As guardians of the underwater cave network, they keep a watchful eye over the tavern, ensuring its secrecy and safety. Love it. Just another, awesome. just another awesome guild to join. And you yeah. know, how, how many freaking things can you go off of that, right? That's so crazy. Stew. The tavern is renowned for its delectable seafood stew. 
prepared using a secret recipe passed down through generations. The broth is infused with exotic herbs and spices and is filled uh, with an assortment of fresh catches from surrounding waters. The stew's aroma wafts through the tavern, enticing patrons to indulge in this flavorful delicacy. <laughs> seafood stew, of course. Of course. I think it's like, seafood, like a, a chowder. <laughs> Uh, D&D monster, the Beluit, the Belay. The Sea-Watch Tavern's most extraordinary attraction is the unexpected friendship formed with a gentle and unusually intelligent Belay named Bubbles. <laughs> Unlike its typical aggressive counterparts, Bubbles has a peaceful demeanor and an affinity for companionship. With its ivory-white scales and shimmering blue eyes, Bubbles is adored by regulars and often joins them, playfully burrowing through the sandy floor to surprise unexpected patrons. Dude, I love bubbles. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Okay, so we have an adventure hooks, right? The Sea Watch Tavern has come under threat from a group of treasure hungry pirates who seek to plunder its precious artifacts. The adventurers must protect the tavern and its unique treasures from falling into the wrong hands. Yeah, of course. That's cool. Pirates. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Um, what we got here? Second one. A distress call is received from a nearby underwater community, warning of a sudden surge in boulet attacks. The ventures must investigate and uncover the reason behind this unusual behavior, possibly finding a way to communicate with Bubbles for insights. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's, that's great. Like, that's all I care about this tavern now is Bubbles. <laughs> bubbles to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Aquarian elders have sensed a disturbance in the underwater realm, and they suspect dark magic is at play. The adventurers must uncover the source of this disturbance and prevent it from spreading further, with the Sea Watch team acting as their base of operations. Awesome. So, yeah, we got the elves, we got bubbles, we got pirates. <laughs> you got a whole campaign here. Oh, dude, this is so <laughs> awesome. And then it ends with uh, the Sea Watch Tavern is a magical haven where underwater wonders, intriguing characters, and unexpected friendships await adventurers seeking refuge from the depths of the ocean. Wow, that's amazing, hey? And like, all I type, this is all I typed in. Can you please, I always say please when I'm talking to AI, so when they're the overlords, they're not going to kill me first. Can you please create an underwater tavern saying for D&D that includes animals, treasure, interesting people, elves, stew, and the D&D monster boulet? And that's, that's all I typed in. Wow. Well, I think if that's not an ad right there for uh, using AI for your games, I, I mean, what else could be, right? Like, that's nuts. Yeah. And yeah, you don't have to use all that, but even just, you know. Just the very beginning, just the description of the tavern underwater. Like you could just run with that. And bubbles. I mean, and bubbles. I mean, you, yeah, come on. <laughs> Everyone put bubbles in your game. <laughs> That's crazy, that. right? Insane. Yeah. Wow, that was fun, man. And and I mean, oh, I hate to say it, but that's cooler than our island that we made. We spent half an episode on that, Sean. And we, we thought about it and we homebrewed and, and we're both good DMs, <laughs> like two DMs thinking together. Yeah. And that's this blew it out of the water. <laughs> Literally out of the water. Under the water. <laughs> blew it under the water. <laughs> and it and it came out in seconds. That, that's the crazy thing. Like it's just like boom, it's there. Yeah. So yeah, wow. like everything, guys, it's a tool. Uh be careful with it. Um, <laughs> use it wisely. Um yeah. don't be your be all and end all. But uh yeah, it's there for you to use. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, please let us know if you put bubbles in your D&D game. <laughs> We'd love to hear about bubbles, all, all of his or her stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Next time on 13-Sided Die. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap up the episode today. Um, we chat a little bit about next episode, and I think we're going to look at doing a guest. We haven't done a guest for a while. Uh, we have someone in mind. We're going to reach out to them and see if they are willing to come on and if we can set up a time. That's kind of where we're headed. So we'll let you guys know how that goes, but that'll be the next episode. And uh, we do like to uh, kind of have a, a silly joke if we can. I think you've got a silly joke for us this time, don't you? You betcha. So I typed in the chat GPT. I said, hey, I said, I think it was like make a funny dad joke that has like a fantasy theme. Okay. That's what we got. Why did the knight bring a ladder to the dragon's lair? Why did the knight bring a ladder to the dragon's lair? To show he was ready to step up to the challenge. 
Oh no, I had step up forming in my head, but I couldn't get there. That's awesomely bad. I love it. Cool. Uh, yeah. So this isn't like a. Usually we get DMs or emails and whatnot about people running into the podcast, but this one is just a shout out to my boy uh, Travis Evans. Uh, listens to all the podcasts. Every time I see him out in the wild, he always comments on it and asks questions and he's a big fan of the show. So I just want to say thanks buddy for uh, being a supporter. Really appreciate it. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks Travis. Yes. Very cool. Awesome. Um, I don't think there's much else. I think it kind of wraps it up for the day. It's uh, it's been a, it was a good time. It's been a little while since we've done this. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, this is awesome. I hope our uh, AI overlords are happy with this. <laughs> <laughs> we did our best. <laughs> yeah. And hey, everyone, remember to say please when you're talking to chat GPT. There's no reason you can't be using manners. Right. Right. <laughs> I found I was doing that, too. Actually, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. And, my, and you can thank it. Oh, hey, no problem. Yeah. That's so strange. Eh? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Too funny. Awesome. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show and we'll talk to everybody soon. Woo. See you next time. Bye, guys. Well done, you. You've made it to the end of the podcast. You are a bold adventure, to be sure. Remember to fill your wire skin and to have your blade sharpened at the blacksmith's before departing. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new 13-sided die adventures. And don't forget to tell your friends about the silly fools talking about D&D. 13-Sided Die has been brought to you by Sean and Jim. Executive produced by Sean and Jim. Mini painting by Sean and Jim. Engineered by Sean and Jim. Goblin torture device by Sean and Jim. Conceptualized by Sean and Jim. Please note, no goblins were harmed in the making of this podcast.